0: You can create a healthy and happy you. Your
1: resource for health and wellness is Wellness Radio 1570, KDIZ Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group.
0: With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. President Trump has been active on Twitter today. In a flurry of social media messages, the the president touched upon several topics. He criticized the Obama administration for its failures on Russia,
2: tweeting he's been much tougher on Russia than President Obama. He urged House
3: Republicans in Pennsylvania to challenge a new congressional map all the way to the Supreme Court.
0: And the president promoted this week's annual Conservative Political Action Conference, an event he will address on Friday. White House correspondent Greg Klugsman, the president, endorsed. Are Mitt Romney all in the Utah Senate race. Gun violence on the minds regions. of some Florida teens. They're headed to the state capitol today in Tallahassee. They'll lobby lawmakers for tougher gun control, not control laws.
4: Not by the FDA and are not on Wall Street right now, the Dow down streak, about cure, 95 or points, or and NASDAQ and trading and 13 show, points higher. Dr. Marshall Dr. Marshall this is SRND. Minnesota's cold temperatures may be
1: keeping out. And here's is Dr. Marshall. But don't let that stop you from pursuing your fitness Live. Live. goals.
5: We're here wellness Radio 1570 is, is here 24-7
1: questions? with the hottest well, say, wellness tips and heartwarming stories of progress and change.
5: In Stay motivated
1: through the winter months by staying connected with our free them mobile them app. Just search so Wellness Radio 1570 before, in your device's so app store or stream us, us online at
0: TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. 88, 75, 1570 just after
2: 9 a.m. this morning. Happy Tuesday to you. Take it slow as you're commuting to work online, this morning. Still some icy QNLabs. patches around the area.
3: The treacherous roads every once in a while, so make sure to just take it slow and get there safe. Chance of snow and freezing broadcast. rain still lasting means, through this course, morning and into this afternoon as well. Cloudy and higher 24 today. Mostly cloudy tonight. Three
1: degrees. Sunny in 21. Coming tomorrow, and then we'll have a chance for some snow on Thursday. Like it Matters starts next
5: was too special do you want to change your life
1: change your destiny get the most out of life tune in saturdays at 3 p.m on wellness radio 1570 for the big money club with chris and wayne they'll be in the clubhouse filling you in on all the secrets and tips they've learned about making money saving money and making dreams come true and they'll have a little fun along the way Become a club member and join Chris and Wayne at 3 p.m. every Saturday on Wellness Radio 1570.
0: For
3: 30 years, the healthcare care insurers have had it wrong. We don't need them to manage the delivery of our health care. We need to manage the finance of our health care. Sustainable health care. What is it? How do we attain it? What changes are needed? What does it mean for doctors, health care insurers, pharmaceutical companies, and most importantly, you, the patient? If you like your doctor, can you really keep your doctor or can you change the system to keep them in practice? These and a host of other questions will be addressed by Dr. Stephen Trobiani, M.D., and his new program, Sustainable Healthcare, on Twin Cities Wellness Radio, Saturday at 2 p.m. Dr. Trobiani brings 30 years of medical practice and many years of uncovering problems in the healthcare industry, and he'll offer solutions on restructuring healthcare financing through free enterprise. Tune in Saturdays at 2 p.m., on Twin Cities Wellness Radio AM 1570 and hear Dr. Trobiani's insight into providing prescriptions to what ails the healthcare industry.
1: Your child's education is one of the most important decisions you can make as a parent. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. A quality Christian education can make all the difference in your child's life. A Christian school typically provides smaller class sizes for your student to flourish. Smaller class sizes can allow for more one-on-one time, allowing for individual attention with each student to focus on their academic needs, helping your child succeed. Wellness Radio 1570 believes in the power of Christian education so much that we have partnered with private Christian schools in the Twin Cities to offer half off your child's first year at a brand new school. That's right, half off. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com to check out a full list of our partnering schools, see frequently asked questions about the program, and learn more. We have a limited number of vouchers available, so the time is now to start planning for the upcoming year. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
0: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired?
2: Your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And man, I am so glad to be with you. So glad. I've been a rough, uh, intense, exciting, uh, undulating line last couple weeks for me. I'm sure your last couple weeks have been pretty uh, impressive as well. So I'd like to welcome you to Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like It Matters. And the question I'm posing to our listeners today is, do you presuppose? It's rhetorical. Uh, you don't need to answer that question because I never ask a question I usually don't know the answer for. And the answer is absolutely you do. We all presuppose. Matter of fact, everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. You know, it's where we're so easy to, uh, judge everybody else's actions, but we judge our intent, uh, because we know what we believe and yet we don't know what other people believe. And, uh, So it's an exciting show today. We're going to go through basically the presuppositions. You know, we all have prejudice. Yeah, it's become this terrible word today because people use that uh, in a divisive way. But let's be honest. We all have prejudices. We all have uh, discernment. We all have things that we can say are good and bad, things that we can say are right and wrong, uh, things that we might put in the category of profitable or unprofitable. Uh, I like to say resourceful or unresourceful. If you think about all those phrases and words I just used, they're basically comparison words, and so don't you get it? If it's a comparison word, then we must ask ourselves: then what are we comparing it to? And what we're comparing it to is this preset, this presuppositions, this prearranged uh, category that we call beliefs, uh, because we're all driven by our beliefs. Everything do not do is driven by belief and yet we can see out there other people acting and behaving a certain way uh, and it doesn't make sense to us Uh, and that's why today there's not a lot of understanding and today not only going to go into the, the fact that we all presuppose we all have prejudice but the reason i'm setting this up is because there's also an understanding and when i can understand you a little bit better and you can understand me a little bit better doesn't it make sense that we're in a position to have a better relationship and, and let me tell you what brought about this whole uh, show that we're going to do today. You know, uh, two weeks ago, I was in Minneapolis, St. Paul. We had an incredible class, uh, Team 181. Uh, I was blessed enough to drive to Minneapolis so I could do some good study time, uh, 16 hours of study. Taught a class, uh, drove back, I was home for almost two days, and then drove for two days to Las Vegas, uh, where i got the opportunity to not only um deliver the funeral officiate the funeral for my father uh, but also to uh reconnect or should i say connect with the family uh immediate family my brothers and sisters and then their family their their children their grandchildren and so it was just a, an interesting interesting uh, couple weeks and i got to tell you it's been like a time warp uh it's been like a time warp reconnecting with my siblings um, being in my old stomping grounds of Las Vegas, where I grew up, where I went to college at University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And it really made me look uh, and think about all the BS. Now, when I say BS, I'm not talking about the stuff that we step in uh, in the pastures here in Texas. I'm not talking about the cow droppings. That's not what I'm talking about. BS. I'm talking about belief systems. And uh, let me start with a pretty cool belief system. It's uh, called Life is Like a Round of Golf. It's a poem uh, by Jim Leland. I think it was posted by Jim, but it was written by Chriswell Freeman. It says, Life is like a round of golf. Life is like a round of golf with many a turn and twists. But the game is much too sweet and short to curse the shots you've missed. Sometimes you'll hit it straight and far. Sometimes the putts roll true. But each round has its errant shots and troubles to play through. So always swing with courage, no matter what the lie, and never let the hazards destroy the joy inside. And keep a song within your heart, give thanks that you can play, for the round is much too short and sweet to let it slip away. You know, and I love metaphors. You know, metaphors are uh, interesting things. It is a structured belief system. A metaphor is a figure of speech which makes an implicit, implied, or hidden comparison between two things that are unrelated but share some common characteristics. In other words, a resemblance of two contradictory or different objects is made based on a single or some common characteristics. I'm just reading from what I pulled off a definition of metaphors. In simple English, it says when you portray a person, place, thing, or an action as being something else, even though it is not actually that, quote, something else, you are speaking metaphorically. You know, he is the black sheep of the family is a metaphor because he is not a sheep and is not even black. However, we can use this comparison to describe an association of a black sheep with that person. A black sheep is an unusual animal and typically stays away from the herd, and the person you are describing shares similar characteristics. Furthermore, a metaphor develops a comparison which is different from a simile. i.e., we don't use like or as to develop a comparison in a metaphor. And it goes on to say, using appropriate metaphors appeals directly to the senses of listeners or readers sharpening their imaginations to comprehend what is being communicated to them. Moreover, it gives a lifelike quality to our conversations and to the characters of the fiction or poetry. Metaphors are also ways of thinking, offering the listeners and the readers fresh ways of examining ideas and viewing words. And you got to get that because there's all kinds of metaphors and I studied the mind, as most of you know. Uh, and one thing I, I love is it, the the a metaphor is like a nut. You know, a nut is a nutrient uh, um, thing. So there's a lot of nutrients packed in this small little item, and that's what a metaphor is. You know, I love a metaphor, and a lot of, there's I, I got this whole list of metaphors. Life is like, you know, life is like a flute. It may have many holes and emptiness. But if you work on it carefully, it can play magical melodies. How about this one? Life is like an elevator. On your way up, sometimes you have to stop and let some people off. Isn't that incredible? And I got this, uh, a couple of poems I got when I was on, uh, what is it, Quora.com. And this one was from Amir. He said, life is a canvas. Go fill it as you wish. Stretch it, pull it, make it vast. Draw a dragon, Godzilla, or even just a fish. Of colors you won't run out, of shapes you'd make them fit. Sometimes empty is as awesome, appreciate it bit by bit. And then he goes on to say, but life is a glass uh, like a glass. And he says, a glass of life I heard them rejoice. Everyone had a different shape. They told me they were there all by choice. Their glasses were empty, yet they all donned a cape. Some chose a soft drink, another called for spirit. One was content with water. He also passed it on. The glasses were seemed to get empty, and the party went on and on. You know, how about this one? Life is a river. Change is ever-present, condition of life. But it's still your life, that is, until you die. And, you know, that's interesting because, I, I, you know, that one didn't make a lot of sense. So I wanted to go underlying. And the cool thing was he, this guy who wrote this one, actually explained it. He said, this is based off Heraclit- Heraclitus. Uh, observation that you can never step into the same river twice he formulated the philosophical idea of flux because a river constantly changes flow even in, even in minute ways and that per- particles of the river are constantly changing as you are constantly changing yourself you can never step into the same river twice this leads to the problems of identity people often think our identities are stable stable enough that they can call us by our names throughout our life my name is John today but why still call me John as if I were the same person? See, this gets into this deeper structure. And that's what you've got to get. These metaphors are nothing more than a complex belief system. You know, one of the most famous ones there is is life is a beach ball. I'm using a different word, a female dog. Life is a beach ball, and then you die. Now, that seems like a pretty simple little metaphor. But if you look at the structure of underlying beliefs in it, there's a lot of negativity there. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about do you presuppose? We're going to take a look at those presuppositions, the beliefs that structure everything we think, we say, and do, and understand that if we're ever going to connect with people, we truly have to step into their map of reality. We'll be back in three minutes understand how your brain is wired with brain
6: mapping. This innate intelligent profile will identify your personality and learning styles to help you maximize your potential. Transformational leadership awakening has changed the life of hundreds of participants and can change yours too. Mr. Black also does one-on-one life caddy work. If you want him to walk with you and help you be your dreams, then having Mr. Black as a life coach is the answer. Training is available on an individual basis and company-wide. All at likeitmatters.net. Giving your
2: computer problems the boot. Black at likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today, I am posing a rhetorical question, do you presuppose? And the answer is always yes. We all have presuppositions. We all have prejudice. You know, today that word prejudice... It's such a a bitter, hateful word because it's always used in the negative, uh and it's not we have we're told to have discernment uh we're told to uh, uh to beware uh the bible even tells us beware that the uh, the enemy masquerades as an angel of light, we're supposed to have discernment, you know sheep know the shepherd's voice, we're supposed to you know focus on only those things that are good and pure that are healthy and profitable, and don't you understand all those words? Uh, Make uh, make us make a decision, make us make choices. And the reason today we're talking about, you know, your presuppositions is they're all belief systems. We all have preset beliefs. And, you know, we live in a time that we're so bitter, so uh, hateful, so against each other. You know, I was reading the news and it was funny, you know, uh, the Facebook came out, you know, that Robert Mueller just, uh, um, what is it, indicted 13 Russians. And this top executive from Facebook came out and said, I told you guys, it said, uh, this was uh, from the newspaper this morning, Facebook top executive comments on Russian meddling sparks fury. It says a top executive at Facebook came under fire Friday after tweeting that it takes a well-educated citizenry to fight off Russian election meddling. And he said, quote, most of the coverage of Russian meddling involves their attempt to affect the outcome of the 2016 U.S. election. Rob Goldman, Facebook's head of advertising, tweeted on Friday, I've seen all the Russian ads, and I can say very definitively that swaying the election was not the main goal. He says uh, most of the coverage of Russia involves their attempt to affect the outcomes, but that's not the main goal. He says Goldman uh, said this, period, the majority of the Russian ads uh, spent happened after the election. Part of the reason for lack of awareness is that very few outlets have covered it because it doesn't align with the main media narrative of Trump and the election. He says, quote, 44% of all total ad impressions, number of times ads were displayed, uh, were before the U.S. election, 44% on November 8th. 56%, almost two-thirds of them, were after the election, read a factoid release by Facebook in October, October 2017. The main goal of the Russian propaganda misinformation effort is to divide America by using our institutions like free speech and social media against it. It has stoked fear and hatred among most Americans. It is working incredibly well. We are quite divided as a nation. But because he said that, because it didn't go along with what other people want to believe, they want to get Trump out of any expense, that he colluded, uh, people are attacking him. And, and this goes back to what today's show is about. Do you presuppose? And the answer is absolutely yes. We all have different map of reality, and we've never seen a time uh, that we are so divided. And as leaders, uh, as leaders of company, as, as leaders of our families, as leaders in our community, as leaders, we've got to be aware of the culture. See, so many people, they, they take what's going on in the culture and they put it in this thing called politics, and then they ban you from talking about it. If Because we can't talk about politics. But the problem is that's not politics. We're talking about culture. And again, culture is a series of repeated events. Culture is what you do in your company that allows for the produce. Uh, your business culture is those things that seen, those things that unseen, the way you interact with each other. It is the the rules that define all decision making. Is the way you interact with your people both internally and externally. Business culture can best be defined and expressed by the simple idea, the way things are done in your business. It's called business culture. Look it up. Google it. It's not called business politics. It's called business culture. The way things are done in your business. I teach business culture. Because from a good culture come great results. From a good culture comes great produce. From a good culture comes great leaders. But from a negative culture, it's the opposite. From a poor culture, it's the opposite. From a bitter culture, is the opposite. But it's not politics, it's culture. It's a series of repeated events. It's a series of acceptable norms. It's the way we interact with each other. And today, let's be honest, uh, you know, it, it is so bitter. I mean, we're now taking this shooting in Florida and we're using it to ban guns and all that. And that's fine if you believe in that. Forget the politics part of this. But you got to get this. And this is why, as a leader, you got to know People because we're in the people business. I don't care who's in the office. I don't care who you vote for. We are all in the people business. I don't care what you sell. I don't care if you sell computers or cars. You are in the people business. I don't care if you're in the service industry or the manufacturing industry. We are in the people business. Why? Because we are a people. When you look in the mirror, if you look at yourself, you're a people. You are. And you sleep with people. Whether you share your bed with anybody else or not, you do it in your head. And we procreate people, right? We create little peeps, right? And we sell to people and we buy from people. And you know what? If I was in the car business, I would know cars inside and out. I would know how they work. I would know how they break down. I would know how to repair them. I would know the kind of internal flow. I would know what would stop things from happening. So if there was a problem, I would then go through a checklist. And in essence, that's what I do. I Understand how people work through my background in neurolinguistic programming. For those that are just finding this radio station, my disciplines are transactional analysis with Dr. Eric Byrne, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, Drs. Milton Erickson and Virginia Satir, uh, multiple intelligences with Dr. Howard Gardner, logotherapy, Dr. Victor Frankel, um, constant and never-ending improvement, Dr. W. Edwards Deming, uh, Dan Goldman with emotional intelligence, and then, of course, um, I always found ground everything in the truth. Because if the Bible doesn't support it, the Bible can't uh, say an amen to it, then I'm not sure how true it is. And so today we're talking about structured beliefs. And one of the things I love is the concept of a metaphor. Because a metaphor is a structured belief system all to itself. You know, I've heard this one before. I don't know if you have. Life is like a roller coaster. Or life is a roller coaster. And if you think about it, it's just one sentence. Life is a roller coaster. And based on your belief, like, I'm not a big fan of roller coasters. You know, my life is a roller coaster. And so I'm not going to strap myself into a machine uh, to get myself ready to be sick, to get myself out of control where I can't stop, where I can't start. You know, for me, because life is like a roller coaster, I don't get on a lot of roller coasters because I don't have much control. And so for me... If someone say life is like a roller coaster, that's not a good environment. But this person who said life is like a roller coaster or life is a roller coaster, let me give you some underlying beliefs. This is the power of a metaphor. So let's unpack this life is a roller coaster ride. You know how riding a roller coaster is, right? It's a wonderful experience. This is this person who said it. Especially the first time, the thrills, the screams, the rise, the fall, the hurl, the woohoo's. When you start the ride, it looks like a trial run. It is so slow and boring that you think it's a piece of cake riding it. Then the first fall comes. You find it hard to get a grip on yourself. Now accompanies this new feeling that you have never experienced before. The thoughts convince you that you are not fit to ride, and choosing to start the ride was a big mistake. That is when someone holds your hand and comforts you. It's someone who you wanted to take the ride with. They give you hope that there's a level ahead, and yeah, they are right. You know it's safe when you're level, but you clearly know in your head that there's going to be a rise or a fall in something. So you don't enjoy the safety that this level offers. Instead, you dread what is coming next. Then comes the rise. You feel light. You feel delighted. You finally know how worthy the ride is. You look down and see the ground moving away. You look up and falsely hope you reach the stars. Sometimes the rise and fall are too close that you, can, that you get confused. What your gut feeling is. Sometimes the fall is too deep, but the height of rise, hmm, not so much. After a series of rise and falls, you learn to enjoy both. But by the time you know it, your ride is ending. You regret for not realizing it earlier. Finally, there's no getting out of the ride until it's over. See, I would have never unpacked all that from that life is a roller coaster. That's what you got to get. We can have these structured belief systems that we might say one word or two words or a sentence. But unless you truly step into it, unless you truly seek to understand what this other person is like, you will never truly understand it. And one thing we got to realize about life is that we all have different beliefs. No two human beings are the same. And we live in a world today that if someone thinks differently than you, then you got to hate them. And unless they hate Trump, if you, they hate Trump, then you don't have to hate them. But if they don't hate Trump, you got to hate them more. Don't you see the weird stuff? At some point, we got to get in our own driver's seat. I talk about, you know, life is like a car. You know, we are the vehicle. Uh, uh, think about it. Our bodies are the vehicle. You know, I used to drive an orange beetle. And I was driving down the street, and no one said, hey, there's Black the orange beetle. No, I'm not the car. I was the guy inside the car. And one thing got to realize is we all have these cars. That there's tons of different cars, different shapes, different sizes, different colors. But it doesn't matter because the, the people driving have similarities. They're human beings, they're conscious, uh, they're creatures. They want to love and be loved. They, they want to they have dreams and desires. they've been hurt and they've hurt other people, and they want to live a great life just like you do. And once we can understand that, then we can have a better relationship. And so today, what I want to go through is how do we connect with somebody that has different beliefs? How do we truly get out of our own map of reality? Because that's what we're talking about. Our structure of our beliefs is what we call a map of reality. And no two maps of reality are the same. Even if you had twins um, you know, in the womb together, grow up, but they're going to have different things. They're going to have a different fingerprints. They're going to have majority of the same genetics, but they're going to have different things. They're going to process differently. They're going to have different hurts and pains. They're going to have different beliefs. And even though they look alike, even though they share a lot of the same DNA, even though they share the same womb, they're going to have a different map of reality. And psychologists tell us, I think it was Dr. Adler, said that by the time a child is six years old, a majority of their map of reality is in place. And after the break, you know, we've talked about the golden rule, but do you know the platinum rule? After the break, we're going to go into, how do you connect with someone? How do you use the three F's of conflict resolution to connect with someone that might believe a little bit different, to truly get out of our own map reality and step into someone's other's map of reality? Because if you truly want to connect with someone, you don't have to agree with what they believe. You just need to understand. And so today, I am Mr. Black, and we are talking about, Do You Presuppose?
6: Did you know approximately 980 Minnesotans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year? Only 88 will live to see the year 2022. These are not simply statistics. Every one of those diagnosed represents someone's mother, father, sister, brother, colleague, or friend. Pancreatic cancer is the world's toughest cancer, with a five-year survival rate of just 9% in the U.S. The Pancreatic Cancer Action Network is determined to improve patient outcomes today and double survival by 2020. We need your help. We are the only organization with a nationwide grassroots army inspiring over 1 million people to take action and accelerate progress in the fight to end pancreatic cancer. We must do more and demand urgent action to save lives. Find out how you can join the fight by visiting Pancan.org. That's pancan.org dot Pancan.org.
5: So you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss. You've seen ads from the national chains. You've researched the alternative products that cost a fortune. But there seem to be no guarantees. So here's good news for you. This is Dennis Prager. I need more com. You have nothing to lose. Call their office in Egan for your free consultation. I need more com. experience. You can trust prices. You can afford get the permanent solution to your hair loss at I need more hair.com.
4: year old son and patient and passionate wife i got rid of a lot of clutter in my head bs they call it belief systems that were not serving me if you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them if you want to build a productive team in two days if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next leadership awakening it's time the giant in you comes alive
3: Go to likeitmatters.net to find out more about leadership awakening workshops. That's likeitmatters.net.
2: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today we're asking the question rhetorically, do you presuppose? The answer, let me give you the answer so you don't think about it too much. Yes, you do. Everybody presupposes. In case you don't know what a presupposition is, a presupposition is a form of perceptual filter. It is an attitude, a bias. Did you hear that? Every single human being has biases. It is a point of view. It is a perspective or set of assumptions or presuppositions about the object, person, or situation. This attitude, quote, colors all perceptions of the object. Let's be honest, no matter what some people, no matter what Trump did to some people, he could give them their house, he could give them a million dollars, they would still hate him, period, because that's what you're supposed to do today. You're supposed to hate Donald Trump. And so it's a presupposition. Everything is tailored. He had to collude with the Russians. He had to do everything, no matter what, you want to believe the worst about him. And then there's other people that believe that he is God's man for the time. Not our favorite man, not the guy. If we had a list of people we could choose, we might choose. But against everybody that's there now, he is the one. We wouldn't hang out with him. We wouldn't let our kids around him. But he is the man for the job. And so even when people want to attack him, those of us that think that it's a little bit much what the rest of the world is doing is going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Not because we want to. It's because of our presuppositions. It is our biases. Every single person has biases. If you look at people who run Planned Parenthood, they have biases. They believe that life doesn't start until someone gets out of the womb. Where other of us that are against abortion believe that life begins at conception. When you talk about Black Lives Matter, the whole concept of the Black Lives Matter movement was created by Hands Up Don't Shoot, which was predicated on a lie. Michael Brown never said that, never did that. But yet it's it's built on a premise that black people are target of police officers and they're treated unfairly and there's more black people killed by cops than and that's none of that's true. But you, this is what you got to get. The truth doesn't have anything to do with it. Did you hear what I said? The truth has nothing to do with it. There's a lot of things that we buy into that aren't true. There's a lot of things out there sold off as the true every single day that aren't true. You know, we, we we're told that the nucleus drives the cell. A lot of you still believe that. It's not true, but you can, you can still believe it. Look up uh, uh, epigenetics. Look up, Read the book Biology of Belief. A tenured uh, professor at, uh, I think, University of Wisconsin Medical School says, you know, everything we thought about what drove the cell was wrong. We used to believe the nucleus drove the cell. And he says, nope, the cell wall does, the cell membrane does. And he says, technically, we are a community of 300 trillion cells, all driven by their environment. That There's a true statement. There you can see uh, what happens. It's called prison guard mentality. You can take the nicest person in the world and put them in a prison and make them a guard, and it's going to affect them. You can take the nicest person in the world and throw them in prison, and it's going to affect them, period, because we are driven by our environment. You've got to get this. And so we have these belief systems, and these belief systems govern us. And why does this matter? Because at some point, you can ban all the guns you want. Between you and I, if I'm going to get killed by someone, I'd much rather be shot than hacked up, knife to death, poked in the eye, poisoned, uh, all the different ways we can torture each other nowadays, chained to bed, and slowly denigrated, even waterboarding, ugh, right? So, boy, if we're going to ban things, there are a lot of other things I'd like to ban before guns. I'm just going to be honest with you. But some people believe that the guns are the root of all evil. If you just take guns away from people, then you might want to read the Bible. Boy, we did a lot of pain and hurt to each other, and there were no such things as guns. Oh, my gosh, we trashed each other. We destroyed each other. Look at the whole slave trade. Look at how terrible slaves are treated, no matter they're black or white. There's a lot of white slaves, a lot of Jewish slaves. There's a lot of black slaves. Slavery has no skin color, people. But again, we get in these presuppositions, these belief systems that no matter what, we're not going to change it. And if you're this, you've got to believe this way. And if you're that, you got to believe this way. And I'm telling you right now, you're better than that. And so what we got to do is take a look at how we work. Because if you want to work better you got to figure out how you work and then change what you're doing. Because Einstein told us really clearly the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. You know, there are some people, I'm a Christian, my love for Jesus Christ is second to none. And yet there are some people uh, that call themselves Christians that won't have anything to do with me because I know NLP. And they believe I'm calling on spirits. And I'm doing, oh my gosh, that is so a joke. But yet their belief system is what rocks them. It doesn't matter what's real. What matters is what they believe real. And so they basically condemn me. They, you know, and that's not true at all. But it doesn't matter what's true. No one responds to reality, ladies and gentlemen. What we respond to is our map of reality. And that's why at some point, we got to get out of the driver's seat. At some point, we got to quit letting other people tell us what to believe. At some point, we got to quit letting other people define our reality. And we got to go in and take a look at our structure of our beliefs. It's like on my background is NLP. And in NLP, there are 13 presuppositions. Well, there's a lot more than that, but these are basically the 13 original, if you will. And these 13 presuppositions are a structured belief system that allows me to work with someone who I don't agree with their belief system, who I don't agree with what they did. But yet it's not about me agreeing with them. If my job is to help them to get from point A to point B, then there is a series of beliefs that are underlying what's going on. You know, communi- uh, one of them is communication is redundant. Uh, two, the, the meaning of your communication's response you get. Uh, three, people respond to their map of reality, not to reality itself. Number four, requisite variety, meaning the element in a system with the most flexibility will usually be the controlling element. Number five, people work perfectly. No one is wrong or broken. It's simply a matter of finding out how they function now so we can effectively change how they function in the context to get something else. Number six, people always make the best choice available to them at time. Isn't that weird? Yeah, just some of these presuppositions for some of you, we would spend a class session or two sessions going over just the presupposition because a lot of people's belief system doesn't fit into this and mine doesn't either. But when I'm working to in, in a conflict resolution way, when I'm working to help someone get through some trauma or drama, I don this belief system because this belief system allows me to be nonjudgmental, allows me not to put my values onto other people. If what I want is to be right, that's different. I don't want to be right. What I want to be is helpful. What I want to be is move them from point A to point B in the most efficient, effective way. We can talk about right and wrong later. But that's not my desire. But people are working perfectly. I didn't say anybody was perfect. They're getting exactly the results they have programmed themselves to get. So if you don't like the results, change the programming. Number six, people always make the best choice available to them at the time. Number seven, every behavior is useful in some context. recontextualizing behavior is a major category in what I do. Number eight, choice is better than no choice because with no choice, people feel stuck. It's called depression. Number nine, anyone can do anything. If one person can do something, it's possible for us all. That's both good and bad. you got to get that, good and bad. Number ten, people already have all the resources they need. I'm not fixing anybody. I'm not uh, doing it. I'm just helping people use the resources that God gave them to the ultimate play. Number eleven, there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. Every response can be utilized. Number twelve, chunking. Anything can be accomplished by anyone if you break the test down into small enough chunks. And number 13, positive intent. Ready for this one? This will freak a lot of you out. Behind every behavior is a positive intent. Now, you might need to go down to five and six levels, meta that down. But at some level, you can find a positive intent. And why I cover all this is because it all goes back to the structure of our beliefs. You know, we've all heard the golden rule, right? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. I think it's the book of Matthew. When Jesus asked, what is the law? What is the greatest of the commandments? And I think Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is as the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. That is where the golden rule comes from. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But there's a big problem with that. That's not you. They have different traumas, different dramas. They have different B.S. Again, I'm talking about belief system. Yeah, some of us, when you hear people's belief system, you might think it is the stuff you step in in the cow pastures. But, you know, Dr. Tony Alessandro, I've never met him, but he's a nice guy, came up with something called the Platinum Rule. You know, because the Golden Rule is not a panacea. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The Golden Rule implies the basic assumption that other people would like to be treated the way you would like to be treated. But they're not you. Got it? Treat others the way they want to be treated is what he calls the Platinum Rule. Treat others the way they want to be treated. But how do you know what that is unless you're willing to step into their map of reality? You gotta get this phrase, we gotta start connecting with people, building rapport. And that term I use a lot, it's it's the essence of NLP. Rapport is a state of harmonious understanding with another individual or group that enables greater and easier communication. In other words, rapport is getting on well with another person or group of people by having things in common. This makes the communication process easier and usually more effective. Did you hear that? In other words, rapport is getting on well with another person or group by having things in common. I mean, we've all met people where all of a sudden we hit it off well and we don't even know why. Or we all met someone that everybody said everybody's great and we just, something about them I don't like. See, these are all things going unconsciously. We meet someone and for some, some reason we really like that person. Don't even know why. But boy, I really, really like that person. And then other times we meet someone and everybody says they're a great, wonderful guy. That's kind of me for some of you. Uh, but then you know, know something about them. These are unconscious things going on. And they're based on what we're, what we're doing. And Dr. Albert Moravian talked about an agreement-gaining presentation. And he says, basically, um, words are only 7% of communication. 38% uh, is basically tone of voice, tonalities, different things that you can hear outside of words. And he says body language and visual things that people can notice, gestures and all that, that equates for 55% of the, quote, liking or disliking. So what you got to realize is these things that are happening unconsciously when we like someone or don't like someone, when we connect with them or don't connect with them, we can take them out of unconscious competence and take them to the level of conscious competence and start doing it intentionally. So after the break, we're going to go into how do we connect with someone even if we don't see eye to eye. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network.
0: Yes. Did it!
1: Thank you, Mr. Black.
2: Are those your grades for this semester? They sure are.
1: All A's and one B.
3: But what about your learning disability
1: and your struggles in school? Not since I got my brain map done at Like It Matters. I now know how I best learn and the unique way that God made me. No more learning disability.
2: You are unique. Nobody has your fingerprints and nobody is wired exactly like you. We now have the ability to show you God's fingerprints for your life through yours. The unique print on each of your fingers is a duplicate of the neural pathway in that corresponding Lobe of your brain. With our exclusive brain map, we can capture your fingerprints and give you a 35-page map of your brain, your gifts, talents, and innate resources. This information is the key to unlocking your God-given potential and truly living your life like it matters. If you're ready to maximize the potential you were created with, email Mr. Black at LikeItMattersRadio.com or call 817-502-1554.
7: WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business.
6: your life's been missing my heart was spiritually mending i'm excited about living my life like it matters
2: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and I want to give a shout-out to our newest listening audience in Richmond, Virginia. We are so excited to be heard now in Virginia, specifically Richmond, close to our nation's capital. You can listen to us on AM 1290 and FM 103.3, and we play nightly, uh, 6 to 7 p.m., uh, of course, that's the Eastern Standard Time, uh, which is uh, just an hour beyond those of us in Texas. So it's cool because I, we play 5 to 6 on the replay on iHeartRadio. If you go to uh, AM, uh, what is it, uh, 1570 there in Minneapolis, St. Paul, sorry about that, uh, you can listen to us on TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com, uh, live stream with them. And we play 5 to 6, which in Richmond, Virginia is 6 to 7. So we are so excited about being a part of the Richmond, Virginia audience. And, of course, we are locally not only in Minneapolis, St. Paul, not only in Richmond, Virginia, but also in St. Louis. So honored to be part of the uh, Praise 95.1 FM and 1260 AM, the St. Louis Gospel Experience. And you can always listen to any archive messages whenever you want. All you got to do is go to likeitmattersradio.com. LikeItMattersRadio.com, and we are uh, expanding nationwide. Uh, we need some. We need, help, we need some people. We need a team, or we need some uh, funds. So, if you want to be a part of getting this message out to the world to change this world one person at a time, reach out to me, at Mr. Black, at LikeItMattersRadio.com. Mr. Black at LikeItMattersRadio.com. I want to read something to you from uh, ToolsHero.com says, uh, we communicate globally with one another by means of language, gestures, signs, and pictograms. It is almost impossible not to communicate. To get a better understanding of communication, Professor of Psychology Albert Moravian studied the importance of nonverbal communication in the 1970s. The influence of nonverbal communication is stronger than was first assumed. Albert Moravian studied the effects of conflicting messages. How come that... Someone who is stamping their feet while yelling, I'm not angry, does not come across as credible. That is why Albert Moravian developed a communication model in which he demonstrated that only 7% of what we communicate consists of the literal content of the message. The use of one's voice, such as tone, intonation, and volume, takes up 38%, and as much as 55% of communication Consist of body language and other visual things that can be noticed visually. This 73855 model is still used today. But how can it be explained that a person actually listens to only 7% of the substantive message? This has to do with natural instinct. It also has to do, my own side note, is with our own BS, our own belief systems. The first human had an undeveloped voice and was dependent on nonverbal communication, the utterance of sounds. This is why nonverbal communication is deeply rooted in the brain, and we still use this primarily every day. So according to Moravian, Interpersonal communication regarding the communication model consists of three elements. Word spoken. That is what is literally being said. The spoken word is part of the verbal communication in this, and the intonation and body language are both part of the nonverbal communication. The vocal part is intonation. How something is said, the use of voice. Intonation is the vocal factor, and body language is the vocal factor. And then goes under body language, visual, uh, which is posture, facial expressions, gestures someone uses, all those. And why this matters is because there's a congruence factor. You know, I always like saying, say, let me give you the picture of uh, incongruence. You know, it's me saying the words to I'm so excited by the Pointer Sisters with no excitement. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I think I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you hear the incongruence? And so the reason I'm bringing all this up is those three levels, the visual, the auditory, the kinesthetic, those three levels, the words, the intonation, the body language, that's how we gain rapport. Remember, people's external output, their words, gestures, physiology, is a physical representation of their internal map of reality. In order to connect with someone, to gain rapport, you got to get this. We must meet the person on their external output, which unconsciously builds a level of trust because you must have a similar map of reality. See, this is how it works. No one can read anybody else's mind. But what happens is the external expression of what's going on in our internal experience is through things that people can see, hear, and feel. Your words, your gestures, your emotion, uh, your eye movement, all that stuff – tells people some information. And in order to truly connect with that person, we must match that. We must be similar in that regard. Why? Because unconsciously, that person makes the association that since your external output is similar to my external output, that they must be like me. And the whole reason that rapport works is the same reason why there's this hatred and bitterness in the world. Because people like people like themselves, that's the key. People like people like themselves, and so what we gotta do is be able to match and model. Because people are constantly judging us. Remember, I'm teaching as a leader now. It's just—it's not. This has nothing to do with what I'd like it to be. You know, when I share the truth, it's not what I want to be the truth. It's just the way it is. I don't get to decide that. That's why I study the Bible. It's not my opinion. I'd love before I was married to be able to be intimate with people I wasn't married to. But the Bible says that's wrong. Now the world says, okay, and this is where you got to get your own what is true. You can't be judging yourself based on what the world says because someday you'll be standing in front of a true judge. And you will have to give account for your life. And at no point will you be able to bring in anybody else on why you did what you did. It's all about you. And so in this world that's full of hatred, where we can justify our own hate but condemn everybody else's, we've got to learn how to connect with people. And a big deal is to be able to step into their map of reality. You don't have to agree with it. Because there's something I t- teach that's called the three F's of conflict resolution. It's feel, felt, found. And the way it happens when you're in conflict with someone, you've got to step into their map of reality. You've got to understand what they're going through. And then you, you start with the three F's. I understand how you feel. Well, you can't truly say that unless you're willing to step in someone else's shoes. And then the next step is say, I felt this way. Because when you're saying, I understand how you feel, you're, you're ponying up to them. You're, you're coming right next to them. And then what you're doing, I understand, I felt this way. Now you're basically walking with them. You're saying, I've been through something similar. And then one thing I found, think about this, when you got someone who's black, of color, talking to a, a person who's not of color, and they're wanting to talk to them, one of the first things, they do it on sitcoms and everywhere, of course, well, how would you know how a black person in America goes through, and they got you. Because, of course, I'm not a black person. But I do know what it's like to be treated unfairly. I do know what it's like to be pulled over because I'm a young kid driving down the strip. I do know what it's like to be harassed because I'm a young male pulled over by a cop. I do know what it's like to be cheated on. I do know what it's like to not get my fair shake. So I do know that. You're right. I don't know what it's like to be black because I'm not black. I can't profess to be. But I can't, do know what those other things feel like. And so that's how you got going to do And then one thing I have found, that's the three Fs of conflict resolution. And so in order to connect with someone... There's a couple things that need to take place. You need to be able to match and mirror the person in three areas, body language, voice, and words. We can then pace and lead the communication, allowing effective communication to take place. And by the way, this happens for some people naturally, unconsciously. Remember, there are four levels of learning, and the highest level of learning is something called unconscious competence. That means you don't know what you know. That's how smart you are. It's mastery. The problem with unconscious competence is you can't teach from there. You must stack to the third level of, uh, of learning, which is called conscious confidence, where you know what you know. And this is where you teach from. And so it's taken this from the unconscious to the conscious. And so there are a couple of terms we've got to learn how to match a model, how to pace and lead, how to mirror. And in these three different areas, you know, we can build rapport with people. We can connect with them. But we got to step outside of our own beliefs, our own map of reality, and be willing to step into someone else's and st- put it on and see how it feels. And sometimes you got to say, I can only imagine. When I'm talking to a woman who's having uh, female problems who just gave birth or whatever, I could never say, I understand how you feel. She should reach out and slap me. Of course I can't understand. So when I say, I can only imagine how you feel. I've never been through the process of childbirth. But then I have done something, da, da, da. And I have heard that it's like pulling your bottom lip and putting over watermelon. And, man, that doesn't sound too appealing, and I can't do that either. You know, I'll do that a little bit to just pony up next to them. Because if I attempt to say I understand how you feel, just like I'm going to talk an angry, angry person who's black and who doesn't like white people because they've been told that white all white people are privileged. And the white people, uh, you understand So this is why you got to learn how this works, to match a model, to pace and lead. If someone's gesturing a lot, you gesture a lot. If someone's not, you don't. If someone's using certain words, you use certain words because you want to connect with them. You're dealing not only with the conscious, but you're dealing with the unconscious. And, man, this is how you lead people. And that's what I'm here for. That's why I call myself a life caddy. A caddy helps you carry your bags. A caddy helps you play the game better. A caddy wants you to enjoy your game and takes care of all the other stuff. I can help you understand people. I can help you connect. I can help you get rid of some of that bitterness, some of that hurt, because we all have presupposition. We all have ways to do things. Just email me at Mister Black at likeitmattersradio.com. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black, helping you to be more hopeful about your future and reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. When I heard that
6: your family bank could help me pay off my mortgage and get out of debt in under 10 years with my current income. Hi, my name is John. I'm a financial executive here in town. As such, I understand numbers. Using your family bank, my family will go from a $292,000 mortgage with 22 years remaining and $40,000 of additional debt to being totally out of debt, including the mortgage, in 9.8 years. We'll save $103,000. If you don't have a program which will get your family totally out of debt, including your mortgage, in less than 10 years just by redirecting your current cash flow, You need to talk with Daniel of Your Family Bank,
0: who's right here in the Twin Cities. Thanks, John. This is Daniel Altwig of Your Family Bank. My friend, there's no risk nor obligation to find out for yourself. Go to daniel.yourfamilybank.org, click on the request tab in the upper right-hand corner, and leave your contact information. daniel.yourfamilybank.org. That's daniel.yourfamilybank.org.